Welcome to Across the Street, your one-stop shop for all things inpatient medicine at the Durham VA, from faculty and staff who know it and love it just as much as you do. Hi, all. This is Dr. Caputo, one of the hospitalists at the Durham VA. Today's podcast is going to be a little bit different. This is the first of a two-part series that goes through a brief history of the Veterans Health Administration, or VHA, and how the Durham VA Medical Center came to be a part of it. In today's podcast, we'll focus on the objective history, and in part two, we'll get to hear some of the personal stories about the history of the VA from an eyewitness who knows it better than anyone. This will be particularly interesting to you if, like me, you're a little bit of a history nerd, and also you want to have a better understanding of the place where we work and how it got to be the way it is. So let's start off with the VHA itself. The concept of having an organization dedicated strictly to the care of veterans dates all the way back to the Revolutionary War, when pensions for disabled soldiers were advertised as a benefit to enlisting. In the beginning, most of the responsibility of caring for veterans' health and other needs fell on local hospitals and communities. Later on, in the early 1800s, the federal government started to take a more active role in veterans' care. In 1811, development of the first federally funded medical and living facilities for veterans was approved. And over the following decades, a total of 11 huge federally funded veterans' homes, often called soldiers' homes or military homes, were created. And this became the starting point for what we now know to be VA hospitals. World War I was the first fully, quote-unquote, mechanized war, and by that I mean war that utilized modern artillery, mustard gas, and other toxic chemicals and fumes, and with that came a host of unique health and social needs for returning veterans that hadn't existed in prior wars. In response, hundreds of private hospitals and hotels were leased by the federal government to help manage the influx of injured veterans, and a program of building new hospitals was officially initiated. Fast forward now to the end of World War II, when another request from D.C. mandated that 24 new veterans' hospitals be built nationwide. This is where our own beloved Durham VA Medical Center first came onto the scene. As soon as the request was publicized, leadership in both the city of Durham and the Duke Medical School joined forces to advocate that one of those hospitals be built right here. Having Duke support was critical since policy had changed and by this point all new VA hospitals were intended to be built near already existing medical centers with the goal of creating partnerships. There was obviously some discussion, but Durham was ultimately selected to be a site for one of these new hospitals. That said, in the beginning there was a decent amount of debate over the exact location of where the hospital should be built. The cost of building right across the street from Duke ended up being much higher than initially anticipated, and the Durham VA was almost actually built in Butner, where it would have cost half as much. Thankfully, though, the chief medical director at the time decided its current location made the most sense, and after widening and straightening Irwin Road and working out the logistics of the finances, construction began in 1951 and was completed in 1953. The original plans were to build a 500-bed hospital, but in an attempt to conform with shifts away from extended inpatient care that had already begun, the final building only housed about 120 beds. 
The Dermvier's doors officially opened on April 6, 1953, and since day one, it has served multiple purposes. First and foremost, as a care center for veterans, but also as a teaching hospital for medical trainees and a hub for research and innovation. The Durham VA has grown to include 151 inpatient beds to date, 100 outpatient beds in the CLC, and boasts a total of nine outpatient clinics in the Greater Triangle area. Each year, about 1,700 trainees from multiple different academic affiliates rotate through the Durham VA, and in 2018 alone, $38 million were allocated to research projects done at our institution. So as you can see, the Durham VA has a long and proud history that can trace its roots back in two directions, both nationally as an affiliate of the Veterans Health Administration and locally as a significant part of the history of Durham and its development. Next, go ahead and listen to part two of this two-part series, where I actually get the opportunity to interview Dr. Marvin Rozier, who knows the VA better than anyone, and will give us his personal perspective on its history and how it's changed. As always, the views and opinions stated in this podcast are my own and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Department of Veterans Affairs and the Durham VA Hospital. Thanks for listening. <laughs>